Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. But look at Psalms 133. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for people, men, brethren, to dwell together in unity. It's like the precious oil upon the head running down the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down the edge of his garments. It's like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. Here's the key to this. For there where people are united, there where people are not fighting with one another, there where people are in unity, Listen to it. For there the Lord commands the blessing. Life evermore. If God can find a marriage, a family, a business, a group of people who will get in unity, who will not make it about me and my, but they will begin to make it about us, There's something about the power of unity when we together, the Bible said, even our praise, come, let us exalt his name together. Magnify the Lord with me. It's not just important about you, but it's that you do it in a spirit of unity that brings a commanded blessing from God upon the place where unity abides. And now I want you to notice a verse that we usually use it in, in, uh, you know, in referring to family and, and, and the power of a dad or a leader of the family making a powerful, positive declaration over his family. I know that through the years I've claimed this verse hundreds of times over my own family and it's so powerful. But in Joshua 24 and verse 15, and it certainly does have that meaning of It is one of the greatest verses you can speak over your family on a regular basis. But I want you to see it a little bit different today. Joshua 24 and verse 15. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your fathers served on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites that you dwell. But as for me and my house, we... We, he starts out talking about me and my, but he concludes by saying we, we will serve the Lord. When it ceases to be about me and my, and it becomes about we, that's where the blessing comes. When it's transferred from a me and a my to a we, God can bless that. When a church is about me and my, it's very limited. But when a church begins to cease talking about me and my, it's not a one man show, but it becomes not a me or a my, but a we. Same is true of your business, by the way. Same is true of your family. Same is true of your marriage. If your marriage is about me and my, 
you're going to have a a miserable, miserable family life. But if we can ever move beyond me and my to we, the power of we brings a commanded blessing on people's lives. The passion and the vision is not just taught, it's caught. And that's why the Bible said in Numbers chapter 11 and verse 17, God said to Moses, if we're going to do this thing, you can turn it down just a little bit in the monitor. He he said, if we're going to do this thing, then it's not going to be just you, Moses, doing everything. But I'm going to take the spirit that you have, Moses, and I'm going to put it on the 70 elders. Because as long as it's me and my Moses world doing everything, the church is very limited. But if we can move from a me and a my to a we, look out. The needs will be met. The people will be blessed. The breakthrough will come and we'll make it to the promised land. Tell somebody beside you, it's not about me. It's not about my. It's about we. In Matthew chapter six, they said, teach us to pray. And by the way, that's the same chapter where Jesus asked them, could you not tarry for one hour in prayer with me? I need an hour of power. And we think the hour of prayer of a power is spelled H-O-U-R. But in Matthew 6 and verse 9, he begins to pray the Lord's Prayer and he taught them saying, Our Father. Not my Father. Not me, Father. Bless me, Father. My Father. But he says, don't even come praying unless you're praying our. That's an hour of power. Not H-O-U-R, but O-U-R. Our Father. All we care about is us. Me and my, what you gonna do for me today? And we miss the greatness of we. When it's not about me and my, but it's about we, then God will meet your needs as you are just concerned about others. I'm saying to you today that there must be more than me and my, it must become a we. We must get to the place that we're unified, that we're unified that when the Lord speaks and when the Lord moves in praise and in worship, it's not just what about me. I don't praise the Lord all the time just for me. I don't clap just for me. I don't stand up just for me. Sometimes I don't feel like standing up, but this ain't about me and my. This is about we, and somebody may need to really get in God's presence today and I can affect the atmosphere by my attitude of of either responding or not responding. And since I I feel like preaching this, um, do you know there's just as much space up there in the balcony as it is down here to praise the Lord? Do you know they they get loud down here, but rarely do I hear it starting up there and coming like a wave down here. Give him a we praise, not a me and mine. Some of the songs I like and some of them I don't, they don't do nothing for me, but I still praise the Lord because it's not a me and my situation. It's a we, and there may be some teenager who's really getting something, something out of thumpity thump. 
All right. The Bible said rejoice with those that rejoice. That means if anybody on your road starts clapping, you're biblically required not to sit there like a bump on the log, but you're biblically required to rejoice with those that rejoice. Look to your left or your right. Anybody moving? Anybody praising? This ain't about me and mine. It's about we. We. Let us praise the Lord together. And the more, what's wrong with you, balcony? See these people standing? Every once in a while, you need to get up. We. 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 And just because you're in a little campus over there somewhere that doesn't have a balcony doesn't mean you're safe. <laughs> you need to praise the Lord, Buford and Gwinnett and Midtown and Spartanburg and anybody else I'm leaving out. And there's two or three. Orange County and coming. You're not supposed to rejoice by yourself. Not supposed to dance by yourself. Not supposed to clap by yourself. Not supposed to just sit in church about me and my. We need to understand the power of unity. You know, the Bible talks about Ananias and Sapphira in the book of Acts when grace was just born. It had just started. Grace, for the first time, was introduced to the gospel when Paul began to preach the gospel of grace. And right in the middle of it, God stopped all the grace and reached back and grabbed judgment and killed two people. Read it. It's in, it's in the New Testament Acts because God was sovereignly moving on the people. You don't read where a preacher got up and took an offering and said, do this and do that. Nobody took an offering. The Bible said the spirit started moving in the New Testament church and people started selling land and sp selling stuff and bringing the, the offering so that the church could be expanded and reach more people. It was a sovereign move of God and Ananias and Sapphira didn't get in the move of God like they should have. They, they brought part instead of whole and acted like they did whole. And it was about me and my, not about we. And God said, I'll, I'll go back just for a minute to the Old Testament. Boom. And he killed him. God shows his attitude about this unity right there. Should I take another offering? Tithing and giving isn't about me and my. It's about we. It's about we. They didn't flow with what God was doing. You know, there's a church leadership people teach that there's the 2080 rule. That 20% of the people who attend your church do the work, do the giving, do the serving, and 80% spectate while 20% participate. And that's just a proven statistic for the most part in the normal church, only about 20% of the people give and serve and volunteer and work and you know, jump in and make it happen. Events like we're having forward conference this week, only about 20% will even 
know that there's a miracle going on down the road. The rest of the people, they're just doing their thing. Where are we going to eat today? McDonald's or Wendy's? It's amazing. But I wish we could flip it around in one church. What if we could get 80% to participate and 20%, which are heathens that we want to try to get saved, to just come and, and, and be a part here. But the whole church, basically 80% is, is into it. Not me and my, but we. So important. Jesus said, one of you will betray me. And all the disciples, the Bible said, all the disciples said, Lord, is it I? When I preach, you know what a lot of people do? Ooh, he really needs that. I'm so glad Franklin Jensen is preaching that sermon. It's, I brought my mother and she needs to hear that sermon. My brother, my sister, that jerk back there that cut me off in the parking lot. I want, I want them to hear that. But we ought to leave every service saying, Lord, is it I? Is it I? We act like some services just aren't for us. It's for real pitiful, bad people. When the truth is, it's we. On the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, they were all, watch this, in one place, Acts 2 and verse 1, they were all in one accord, isn't that something? In one place, and the Holy Ghost hadn't failed yet. Now we claim we're full of the Holy Spirit. We can't get in one place in one accord about nothing. He wasn't talking about a car, one accord. He's talking about getting, he's talking about getting together. And 100% participation. Everybody running with the vision. You know, over there in Genesis chapter 11, God came down and he saw a bunch of heathen people worshiping idols and building a tower. And he said in, in, in uh, Genesis chapter 11, he said, because they are have one vision and speak one language, they're talking the same thing and they've got the same vision. If I don't confound them, if I don't break them up, there's nothing that they imagine themselves doing that they can't do because they're fun functioning under a principle that says if you if you see the same vision and you speak the same language you can't be stopped nothing will be restrained from them if it'll work for heathens worshiping idols on top of a tower what would it do for a church if we all came together in the name of Jesus and said we can win souls we can change lives we can turn our cities upside down for the nothing will be restrained from the church that gets the commanded blessing of unity We need to pray, unify us, Lord. All were filled in the book of Acts, chapter 2. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. 120 and all 120. And they all spoke with tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. All of them. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was there. That means she was. 
All of them, all of them were filled with the Holy Ghost. Your Bible said that. The power of unity. In Acts chapter two and verse 14, on the day of Pentecost, after they spilled out of the upper room, after being filled with the Holy Spirit, the Bible said that Simon Peter stood up with the 11 in Acts 2.14. He stood up with the other 11 disciples. We always think that, you know, Simon Peter was the was the big preacher, but it said they all stood with him. He stood up with, there were 11 standing up and he made 12, 12 disciples. Pentecost was not a one man show. The 11 stood, not eight of them, not six of them. If some of you'd have been in there, you'd have kept seated while the Holy Spirit was changing the world. You'd have sat right there in your seat. But when God's doing something, it ain't about me and mine, it's about we. This sermon's not going over good, but I don't, I, don't, I don't care. I don't really care. It doesn't matter to me. I just, I'll preach it somewhere else and they'll like it. I'm like Johnny Cash. I, I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere. I'll shake the dust off my feet today if you mess with me. I'm preaching the truth. We need unity. <laughs> touch your wife. Touch your wife. Touch your husband. That's about all you've done all week. Touch one another one time. You need unity. A great church is a we church. You see a church all built around one guy. Me, my, it's got a time expiration on it. <laughs> when he's dead, it's over. But when it's a we church, you got speakers coming up in the minor leagues. You got young preachers being tripped, being, being trained and, and equipped. You got youth pastors being developed in kid pack right now got music worship leaders who are being trained and they'll use them in a camp somewhere and let them hit the wrong chord and let them play off beat a little bit but you know what God is doing his work and it's not about me and my it's about we come on clap your hands like you believe I'm preaching the truth In Acts chapter 19 and verse 34, we're told about Demetrius, a guy by the name of Demetrius. He was an idol maker and he must have been very good because the Bible said he was getting pretty rich off of making idols. And when Paul preached in that city, they got so angry that it shut his business down. And the people came together and catch this and, and, uh, they all with one voice. Notice all and notice one voice. Now this is what will what, what, get your attention. They cried out for about two hours. 
All right, all the people of the city have come together who worship idols, all of them with one voice and catch this, they cried out for two hours. The same line over and over. Great is Diana of the Ephesians. Now try doing that as loud as you can for two hours to a false god. They all did it in one accord for two hours. I don't want two hours. We serve the living God. I just, I would like to get in one service where for two minutes, all in one accord or one voice cried out, Jesus Christ is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Jesus Christ is Jesus Christ Now shout a praise to him from your heart from your soul There's power in that Healing comes when a church, God says, I command healing to go into that room. I command deliverance for families. I command breakthroughs to go into that room. It's the place of commanded blessing when we do that together. somebody else. Why don't you be a first responder and jump in and say, God, I'm going to, I'm going to praise you with all of my heart because my praise helps win somebody's battle. It really does. I'm almost done. You can sit down. I even got the Baptist and Methodist standing up on that one. Now, now here's a big lesson to learn about this. Somebody's got to start it. If we're going to have good services and somebody's got to start it. Somebody's got to start getting focused in praise. Somebody's got to get into it. Somebody's got to say, now, for the next hour that I'm in this worship service from the time you walk in, don't worry, I'm not talking about now. But, but somebody has to say in their spirit, it's not about me, it's not about my, it's about we. Let me show you how God feels about it. In John chapter five, I close with this. But in John chapter five, there's the story of the pool of Bethesda and the water that was troubled once a year by an angel, you remember? And there was a lame man who had been waiting, I think it was 38 years. <laughs> That's a long time to be waiting to get in the water. And once a year, an angel would come down and trouble the water, maybe with his sword. We don't, we don't know, but he would touch the water and the water would get to, to, to trembling. And if the water trembled, they, the first, the Bible said, the first one who responded always got the miracle. Now, there was a bunch of other people who tried to get there later after they finally had been 
pumped and primed and woke up and all that, finally somebody would start trying to get toward it. But the one who was the first to respond was the one who always got healed. God loves first responders. Don't be the last one to clap. Don't be the last one to praise. Don't be the last one to stand up. Sometimes God's looking for first responders. Don't be the last one to walk down the aisle. Sometimes the miracle is in when you just do what God tells you to do. And the amazing thing is if you'll do what God tells you to do, it'll cause a reaction among the rest of the people. And I'm saying to you today that we are are a blessed church because we have the power of we. That if I'm weak, I can get in a church service like this and somebody strong can pray for me and strength can come into my weakness. If I'm down and low and defeated, I can get in a service like this and I can hear one verse of scripture that lights up in my soul and suddenly the weak have become strong. The power of we is when we come together in the name of Jesus, if any two of you are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst. You can't get it. And I, I like this fact and I'll close with this and they need to come on and play. It's the power of we. Not me and my, we. I don't know if this sermon's making any sense, but that's the truth. Well, here, here's, what, here's what I want to say. If two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst. Now, rarely, if ever, do you ever hear God giving you an option. (laughs) If you get two, two or three. If you get three would be, three would be best. I would prefer three is what God is saying. But if you can't get there, I'll take two. But I got to have at least two to agree. It'd be wonderful if I had three, but if you don't have three and and, and it'd be wonderful if I could, if I could be that, but since I'm not that, I'm this, but if I can just get somebody to agree with me, even though that's where I ought to be, I can't get there unless I get somebody to agree with me. Because where two or three are gathered in his name, he said, I'll show up. Now, 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 I just misquoted that verse. He said, where two or three are gathered together. He didn't say gathered because we gather all the time, but we're not together. It's about me and my, not we. And so we gather a lot, but we don't gather together. 
Because when we gather together in his name, he said, I will be there to heal, to deliver, to save, to change lives, to bring hope, to rebirth dreams. All I need is you to gather together. He could have just said gather, but he said, you got to be together when you gather with a unified response, all of us. I doubt we've ever been in a real spirit-filled church service where all in one accord gather together. But boy, if we would do it. But I love the fact that he said, if you can't get it, if I can just get two. There's no limit to what I can do. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Somebody shout it with him. Don't let him rejoice by himself. Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords. See? See, my brother, my brother felt like I needed a little help up here. And he said, I'm not going to let him be up there by himself. Isn't that something? Thank you. Thank you. That's funny. Somebody at every campus, lift up both hands. Open your mouth. Somebody on the back row and somebody on the front row. Let your praises meet halfway and begin to say, Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords. And if they could praise a pagan God for two hours with one voice and all of them do it, I can praise God right here. This. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed. 